Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Good evening, Amberjack. Yep. Amberjack? It's kind of fish. Sport fish. Oh, so you had to have looked that one up. No, no, no. I'm a fish guy. You know that. You know that about me, right? I, yes, I do. I know my fishes. Fit? I do. Yes. One yes. fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. No, amber jacks are, are a jack, and they're big. I know jackfish. Uh, yeah. Little jacks. The jacks, bar jacks. Those are smaller. Those are the ones that bite your feet in Fort Lauderdale? They do. Amber jacks are bigger. Are those the ones that they have in the spas that nibble on your toes? I don't think they are. I think those are piranhas. Amberjacks are. Uh, is that what they make perfume out? Fish, and they, when perfume? you catch them, though, the the meat isn't good because they have a lot of worms in it. But they eat it in the Caribbean because I'm making a fay. I yeah. made a fay. The worms Ew. are down by the tail, but it, the so wor- meat's so kind of wormy. So I'm so glad there's a fish named Jack, and it's got worms. Amberjack. No, there's a whole class Yay. of fish that's called jacks. They all now, have worms. No, but the amberjacks do. Anyway. So uh, you were complaining about that I bought uh, absolute um, mandarin, mandarin orange. Yeah, I, it's so funny that of all, it, it's so. F- uh, <laughs> At least it ain't Burnett's. <laughs> okay, you make fun of me all you want. I will. Uh, well, the the absolute doesn't have carbs. Um, right. The the of all the flavors though, it is. You're right. Mandarin, mandarin is, is my it, mandarin because it tastes it tastes like um, yeah. synthetic. Synthetic orange. It's weird. But yeah, mandarin oranges taste off, and I, I don't know. A real mandarin is delicious. Not to me. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, the Citron was all sold. They were doing a Labor Day sale on it, and the whole shelf was gone. I would, or I would have grabbed that. Okay. Well, it's, or the or the vanilla flavor. That I you mix like. it with lemonade, so it's not horrible. But no, it, it's, it's not. medicinal. That's the word. It it, it yeah. Mandarin it's got that has note. A, a slight medicinal flavor. I couldn't agree with not, you more. But you know, I like Nyquil. So, yeah, you, know. you do. You really do. <laughs> I do Nyquil. like what do you, the what, Nyquil. What is your knockout combo? Nyquil and you'll take Nyquil, Benadryl, and uh, 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 the what's the, the metal uh, the melatonin. melatonin that would knock out a 1990s club kid in New York there City. You go. Yeah. Hopped up on coke, give him Jack's little <laughs> recipe. Nighty night. Um, I like Nyquil. All right. Well, we've upgraded Only the tonight. Green we're going to upgrade. No, We're upgrading. Forensic, well, forensic files are fun, and they're served to us on a platter, a 23 minute platter. But if you're going to cover an oxygen snapped documentary you got to invest a little more into it they're newer they're faster they're stronger they're the bionic woman it is definitely a better production it's better production values are up and everything and but forensic files will always have my heart it will have mine as well and we're coming back to you girl i I, actually i really miss city confidential i wish there were more good city confidentials they are dated though but this is uh but we're we're making the leap to oxygen oh wait wait Wait, wait, oh, we forgot. Yes, yes, yes. We forgot. I'm so we so we don't have a, a technical structure when we do these. So well, should, yeah, a little bit. I'm, well, I we mean, have a loose. You know, well, you're the the the. I'm uh, the kind of the director, but you don't the, like to yeah, be directed. Yeah. So we uh, uh, thank you in. all for all the wonderful uh, uh, cards and note. The thank you so much for all that. But please, please, please go up. You gotta like it. You gotta no, share please, it. Please you gotta join reviews. it, and Just, you gotta write a review. There's a metrics <laughs> with an X that. Just please. It really so does do. help. A five-star review hate, and a quick note if you can do it. I hate begging. I really do. If you guys could just take a moment and give us a... Uh, if you're enjoying it, 
Give us five-star review. Of course they're enjoying it. Well, and uh, and if you have a moment, write, write out a review. But just Thank every you. little helps because yes, we want to, again, we don't want to be the 33rd most popular podcast in Uzbekistan. Yes. We want to be the fifth most popular. Yeah, we're going to have to do one on all the silliness that has come about. About We're going to have to do a podcast on it, like the, the weird offers and the groups and the weird the weird oh, yeah, yeah, messages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's, it's really bizarre. They do. They come out of the woodwork. Work my Fair quarter. Enough. Okay, at any rate, all right, back, back, back on track. We're Back to we're going to do an oxygen Jack's episode. I knew about this woman because I remember back in the '90s watching the made-for-TV oh, movie, sorry. and it starred Jonathan or, or Charles Emerson Winchester, that actor. Yeah, he was he plays John Holman, who ends up being the husband of whatever. Oh. And I remember how bizarre I thought this story was, and I didn't and never thought that twenty plus years later we'd be doing a podcast on it. But this is uh, season twenty-seven, season twenty-seven, episode eight. Episode eight. It's on the Oxygen Channel, and I don't think Channel Oxygen takes itself a little more seriously, so they don't give it a kitschy nickname. They just it's Marie Hilly. (laughs) Marie Hilly. So this is the Snap series. So they just name it after the women who snap. Named it after the woman. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to keep going with (laughs) that. Thank you. Well, we start out. We're going to follow the narrative that the Oxygen episode gives us, rather than just starting from the start. So it's January twelfth. Starting from the start. Well, you know, just saying. Marie Hilly was born, and you know, uh, (laughs) starting from the start. Okay. (laughs) And now, starting from the start, take it away. Bending bending space and time. It's January twelfth in nineteen eighty-three. We're in Brattleboro, Vermont, which is right on the border. I was in ninth grade. Okay. So I would not have. And where were you in 1983? I was in second grade. So, FBI FBI agent David Steele gets a call from Vermont. He's in New Hampshire. And they have a case of false identity going on. The owner of a local business across the border in Brattleboro has a problem on his hands. Uh, This is what's going on. Normally, we don't work those types of cases unless we're requested by the local police department. But... I received a call from Detective Michael Leclerc with the Vermont State Police. And Michael's telling me that they've had some interesting developments on a woman identifying herself as Terry Martin. His employee, Terry Martin, is saying she is the twin sister of Robbie Holman. She has come back from Texas, where her twin sister has died, and she's returned to the office claiming to be Terry Martin. And the women in the office, what do you, you think? Exactly. It, it, the way, even the way the, the one FBI guy was like, and the women weren't taken. None of the, them. None I of think them. some of the guys were, but the, the women well, the, are like, But the, the husband took it. Well, he was ex- exceptionally goofy. Oh, my but God. But the women are like, she comes in, she's, she changed her hair. Women know women. Women know women. Well, I would like to think that at at their age, at the age of this of of uh, Terry and Robbie, and they're not even if they were identical twins, they're still not going to be identical. No, because not, identical I, twins do grow up different food, different. They're not lives, absolutely blah, identical. Blah, blah. The moles are not going to be in the same place. Right. The teeth are not going to look identical. The women in the office, as soon as she came in, they're like, "Hey, she dyed her hair." Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey Robbie. Hi, you look great. You've lost some I'm I'm Terry Martin. I'm Terry. I'm Terry. I'm Terry. But it's nice to see y'all. Mike Stedman, who was a reporter back in Anniston, who covered this whole story from the beginning to the very end, explained what she said she was doing. Terry came up to uh console her brother-in-law and ended up moving in with her brother-in-law and went to work where her dead sister had worked. And this was the story that the co-workers weren't buying. 
So now the cops are doing some checking into her background, and it's 1983, so it's not like you and me when we, well, you, when you want to go on the Google and stalk Wait people. a minute. How am I getting thrown you under and, the you bus and, already? You and Frank, when you, it's, it's like, hey, go, figure out this Kevin guy. What's he going on, Frank? Well, no, it's as simple as saying Kevin is, Kevin, Frank has the ability to ferret out the most minuscule, obscure information about people. You're bragging about how good he is about On public, on the Google. On the Google. But this is 1983. So I still don't understand what, other than coming up about and saying I'm the twin sister. I why don't did she do it? Why, I don't understand. I, I, no, 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 no. I don't understand why the police were called in. I mean, because quite be, frankly, be, you got an employee showing up and no, 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 no. Because the employees and then the boss are like, "This is the same woman. She's gone to Texas. She's come she, back. Wait, wait. She's come back. She has clippings of a funeral for her sister, who is her, and she's coming back to the office claiming to be her twin sister. The women in the office are saying, "It's you. Why?" Are you doing I, this? I get, I get that the people, people are like, "What the hell's going on?" But is that really like if I just showed up and said, you know, blah blah? Would that warrant a call to the police? Yes, because she's clearly trying to cover her identity. They're like, something's wrong here. They call the cops. The cops then call the FBI. The FBI okay. confront her in the parking lot. We did a lot of searching of records, and we were left scratching our heads with who could she be and just what is going on. I just felt, let's just go to the source. Why are you saying you're this? Your coworkers are saying you're that. And she doesn't put up any fight. She says, take me to the police office and I will tell you who I am. But it like she's almost drew attention to her when she was uh, anonymous, so to speak. It literally. That was what I was going to say. Why did she do it in the first place? She That's... was fine. Other than maybe she thought her second alter ego, somebody was certain to figure it out she's like i've got to kill off um robbie <laughs> I holman was thinking there was a life insurance policy no that, that wasn't that it she that she had a life herself. that she killed herself for the life insurance policy i but there was no mention i didn't they in never, my research i didn't see anything about that so just to be straight right robbie holman tells the people that she's got to go to texas dallas specifically right because she's dying of a, of a, a blood rare cancer or something disease, yeah, she's see a specific and doctor only the that, doctor in dallas, in dallas can, can do it so then a few months later she uh her she twin sister shows twin back sister. up at that office ter- saying she's terry martin she's dyed her hair she's changed her makeup she's lost a little weight i don't understand and, any of that and, and, and there's and, no and she, real good explanation for it there isn't but immediately the women in the office are like why is this person doing this this is fishy as fuck so then the owner mm. of the business calls over to a friend of his who works in the new hampshire police department across right. the border they then contact the fbi saying we've got a case of well, false real- identity really so then fbi comes over they confront her in the parking lot and she immediately cops to being audrey marie hilly and this is the first time we hear her name she identified herself as audrey marie hilly and she said that she was from aniston alabama she admitted that she had been masquerading her identity because she was wanted in the state of Alabama. We asked, what are you wanted for? And she said, well, some bad check charges. So it's in Brattleboro, Vermont, and I've been there because my brother went to the Vermont Academy, oh. which is right outside Brattleboro. Oh, I know, he went there for prep school for a year. Oh, I know, and I went a couple times, and I walked over the bridge between Brattleboro and New Hampshire, and I was real proud of myself because I was like 16. I was like, I just walked between two states, and... You know, those guys were back in the car, and it was like, well, you know, if you go over that bridge, you'll go in. That's exactly where all this stuff's going down. It's in that town. Okay. By that bridge. Uh, insert that sound bridge. of crickets. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we hear that it's it's Audrey Marie Hilly, and she says she's wanted back in Alabama for writing some bad checks. So she's been on the run for almost four years. When they ask her about the other stuff, she won't she won't acknowledge. Oh, because the one guy says once they, when they did the check, like the teletype, just thrr, 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 all the stuff that came out of the they, machine. They, they, they put her. They finally put her name into the FBI database, and he said the teletype yeah wouldn't stop. <laughs> and they realized they've got a a, a fugitive a on their hands, wanted for murder and, and attempted, attempted murder. murder. And whenever they what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I go back to the no. I'm not that twin. I'm the other twin. If she'd have never done that, she nobody would have been on the radar. Nobody would have known who the so fuck she I, was. You know, I suspect your thing about maybe she tried to life insure herself and then That's, I, that maybe yeah. I I've looked. I googled it. I couldn't find any reason why she I did that. Googled it. I googled it. That's you know, funny. and um, it's called research. <laughs> I'm just just being a little more folksy about it. She won't talk about. The murder and the attempted murder charges she, against she, her. She, she sticks it. She says check. it's just about she the checks. She talks about all that. Yeah. So it's Audrey Marie Frazier was born on June fourth, nineteen thirty-three, during the Depression, in the Blue Mountain area of Anniston, Alabama. Alabama. And she, I, I, I think Anniston's bigger than I realized because I believe they showed some shots of it. I thought Anniston, the Blue Mountain part of it, might be the kind of like the the hickey. I am part. not sure, but I think that's a suburb of Birmingham. I think. Okay, that's. The outskirts. That sounds right. I, do, I don't quote me no, on that. No, because that's at one point her, her daughter ends up at the Birmingham uh, right, General. Right. Growing up, her family didn't have a lot of money, but a young Marie was doted on, and her parents, whatever extra money they had, they put towards Marie's, yeah, her clothes and her whatever whatever Marie wanted, Marie got as far as the, her family could afford. She was spoiled. In my research, uh-huh. see that I found out that. She actually had. I think there was there was a book written about her. There that was. She actually, at a young age, determined I'm only going to be friends with uh, rich and influential people. So she wouldn't even be really? social uh, with someone unless they had basically something to give her. <laughs> so I was going to make that. Is she starting to remind you of anyone you know? Shut up. <laughs> I'm a friend to everybody, unless you're weird, right, or ugly. Yeah. Or poor. Or poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor. You, you and Marie are going to have a good time in heaven. Oh, well, shut up. Well, I'm not going to kill be somebody She's over not going to be in heaven. So. Really? But she was popular, and Frank Hilly was also popular, and they got married. He was in the, the Navy, and in 1952, they welcomed their baby boy, Michael, who ends up playing kind of an important role in the story, and in 1960, they welcomed Carol, who plays a major Carol. role in the story. Poor Carol. Under Marie's guidance, the family is slowly climbing up the they social ladder. Never- said what he did. What did he do? He was a factory worker. He had a good job at a factory, and I forget what it was. And but she it was, was a secretary for high-end... A very powerful law firm, I believe. Right, right, and right. And you're, you, do you want to save what you found out about her for well, later? Because this really explains this is, why the, the this stuff is starts. This another thing. See, the, <laughs> the, the, in my research... It gets super dark, super fast. In my research, it's, because when I said this to Kevin, Kevin's like, I don't know what you're... I don't... Wait, wait, wait. wait. In my research, she was sleeping with yes some of the high end for money for money that, that, some of the executives now that's not covered in any of the documentaries this cur- is all on the goo so it might i don't know how accurate that statement is well, but apparently the husband caught her. her in bed if you go to the wiki entry that's the very beginning of it oh okay. and, they, and they don't refer to her as marie hilly they refer to her as marie frazier by her uh maiden name in oh, the wiki entry like whoever oh, does that they're like you're not a you're oh. not a hilly 
But it was right after he caught her in bed with her boss, according to the wiki, and we're going a little off script from the Oxygen series. Well, but it's research. But this is when uh, suddenly Frank starts getting sick, like <gasps> the following week. Sick? Yeah, sick, you say? <coughs> anyway, yeah. <sighs> so we hear from Carol. Those were good days. My dad, he loved me. I know that because he'd take me. They'd let me go in at the Elks Club through the back door, and he'd sit me up on the, the bar stool and get me a Coke and potato chips and tell everybody about what kind of person I was. The Elks Club! <laughs> <laughs> so Frank, they, they get him to the hospital, and, you know, he, he doesn't, he makes it two days. They, they think it's um, hepatitis, all the symptoms. This kind of poisoning mimics hepatitis. They bury him. Michael is old enough now. He goes to the seminary and becomes a preacher. Not the seminary, whatever. And preacher school. Preacher school. And then Carol and their seminary. mom. Uh, soldier on. And Marie, of course, gets a $31,000 life insurance payout from Frank. We hear from the reporter about how much $31,000 would have done for them back in 1975. This is 75. $31,000 would have bought you a very nice middle-class house in a good part of Aniston. So they could have gotten a perfectly nice house in a nice part of Aniston. But they already had a house. See, this is... This, when it comes to the, okay, this is one of the big, th okay, we're going to talk about me right now because it's all about me. This is one of those things that drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't understand it. She's already got a life. She's already got a, 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 a whole, you know, she's got a home. She's got cars. She's got stuff. So she's going to change everything about her life. <laughs> You're going to do that thing you do. You're going to try to impose rationality on oh, an irrational person. Oh. Yeah, because when you find wait, right when we get to the end and of, of course, this, and the other this, thing is, is I'm like, it's only thirty thousand dollars. This story's bananas. Once you realize what this woman's capable of, this makes all kinds of sense. But thirty-one thousand dollars in 1975 in Alabama is closer to one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars here today in rural I, Alabama to this I day. Suppose. And then the one FBI agent said it'd be really hard to spend that much money back then. And yet... In those days and times, it was pretty difficult to go through $30,000. But she did, rather quickly. Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so she liked to find her there. I'm sorry, your Venn diagrams with Marie Hilly overlap a lot, Jack. I don't... No, she, they... Oh, <laughs> shut up. I, I can... I take care of myself. I don't need nobody else or anything to help me. All right. Well, Carol and uh, Marie have always had kind of an estranged relationship because Carol's a bit of a tomboy and Marie is a girly girl, a southern woman who's all about her clothes. But in the autumn of 1979, Marie tries to make up with Carol and uh, be nicer to her or however you would describe well, it? Well, uh, the thing says she got invited to the prom. Right. And the mother swoops in, this is my chance to shine. Okay, this is, all right, yeah, this is yeah. going to be my Super Bowl with Carol. Yeah, yeah, And the picture of her when she was ready for the prom, she looked gorgeous. Well, do well, you, uh, Carol? For the 70s, yeah. I thought she looked great. She, I thought she was really cute. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, really pretty girl. Yes. And I really, I, I want to say it, I really like Carol. Well, of course you do. She's the kind of gal you can sit around and have a drink with and talk smack about She somebody. is really good. I don't, yeah, maybe not talk smack, but just, well, think, you know what I mean? I, think I found out a lot more about her huh? that wasn't addressed in this. According to her, she and her father would go to Auburn games, mm -hmm. and they were huge Auburn fans. Go Auburn. And she even says, like, Fuck I would Bama. give everything I own, everything I have, to go to an Auburn game with my father yeah. again. And, you know, and, and here she has this 
odd relationship with her mother, yeah. but she's really tight super, with her super dad. tight with her dad. I, yeah. I, I thought her prom photo was great. On the evening, her mother was helping her get ready for the prom. I can't believe it was the night of the prom. Carol gets sick. Then she gets a little better. And then the following weekend, she gets sick again. Then she gets sicker and sicker. And she eventually ends up in the hospital. Her symptoms are terrible. Carol tells us what it's like. I'm starting to feel the tingling in my feet later in the summer. It was full-blown. I mean, it was. I couldn't feel anything from above the knee down. It was very painful. She couldn't walk. And in fact, there was nerve damage and damage to her muscles was quite severe. She was very, very sick and, and fairly close to death. Carol's Aunt Frida, and I like you, Frida. I wish you were still here with us. I don't think you are. <laughs> Who's Frank's sister. Right. Uh, remembers how dedicated Marie was when Frank was sick and how he, she... <laughs> She was giving him supplemental injections, which at the time, that sounds odd to me now. Well, somebody said uh, somewhere I got a lot. I don't know if it was in this, in the, in the, in the uh, thing or not, yeah. but it was, they said it was B12. Yeah. B12 shots, which just, that's always a weird thing to me, but I would be like, hell no, I'm not letting you in. Do you, do you let anybody other than well, a nurse or well, a doctor? But, but think would. of it from the perspective of the husband. This yeah. is his loving wife. Right. Whom well, he loves. he's cheating on Well, him. but you know, regardless, <laughs> you, you. That's one of the things about that I in, in all the things that I've read about people who are actually committing murder, the people who they're doing it to don't necessarily yeah. they're trusting. They, yeah, people are trusting. All right, so. well, Frida's spidey sense is tingling. She's, <laughs> you know, she's a little like so she calls up Michael, uh, Carol's sister, and says brother, and says, Michael is your mom giving Carol injections? And Michael's like, you know what? Mike immediately called Carol in the hospital and asked her, Carol, has mama given you shots? And her mother was standing there in the room. And Carol said, no. And he said, do you promise? And I said, no. And so the next thing I know, my brother called him and told them that I was receiving shots. So yeah. Marie Hilly is giving her daughter injections. In the hospital. And then Michael contacts the hospital and says, hey, my mom is injecting my sister. Did you guys authorize that? And they said, no, we did not. Yeah, it's so bizarre. So then, on top of that, Special Agent Wayne Manis says- That's they the guy been... with the hat? Yes. He's, I liked him. Yeah, he's great. He was a cowboy. Right. He was a cowboy. So Special Agent Wayne Manis says they've been monitoring Marie for a while. She's been writing bad checks. And back in the late 70s, writing bad checks was a much bigger problem than it is today because you know how credit cards work today? Yeah, and checks everything and everything? Goes, even how checks did, now. How did credit cards work in the 70s? It was even slower process. Did, a lot of people didn't have credit did cards. They check, how did they check to make sure you had credit? They called. They did? Yeah. Don't you You never worked retail when you had to call? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, call and confirm it. Oh, over the phone call, if this is credit card number. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so clunky. Well. Shit. Um, okay, in 1979, they confront Marie at the hospital. The cops show up and uh, about the, the, the bad checks. She tells Carol, oh, you know, she goes back in. Oh, it's just, it's bad. There's a misunderstanding. I need to go back to Aniston. And clear this up. Clear this up. Carol, in hindsight. My mom was up in the room with me that they had put me in and I saw some men out in the hallway and she came in and told me, she goes, I've got to go back to Aniston. There was a bad check written and I've got to go straighten that out. So they were arresting her as what was really going on. All during this show, all during the entire program, they keep saying, what a genteel yeah, southern that really lady stuck in your she is. Craw. It did. 
did. Yeah. And they kept saying she was. Oh, she dressed impeccably, uh-huh. and she had charming, the best manners. She was charming. She was, and oh, she was a southern lady. She was no, a southern <laughs> lady wouldn't do this. Doesn't poison her own children. Really? I, I also heard one of the other things I read years ago because I was kind of into this case back in the nineties. <laughs> that I think she also tried to take out her mother-in-law. So if Frida, Frida had a well, no, they said during the show that that they they. Well, we get to it later when oh, she's oh, like poisoning people left and yeah, right. Yeah, she's poisoning everybody. She get her get chance to. So when she gets arrested, she gets Carol gets transferred to another hospital, and she gets a whole new doctor. And this doctor, once they find out that she's been getting illegal injections or unauthorized injections, he goes over Carol with a fine tooth comb. And to Carol's good fortune. For the grace of God, this guy is aware of what arsenic poisoning Poisoning looks like. He immediately notices what are called meese lines. They're those white lines that appear across the fingernail when you're being poisoned with arsenic. You don't have any. I have some. (laughs) Oh, shut up. (laughs) And he examined her. There there are several telltale. That's the big one. Orders blood work. She's swimming in arsenic. There's no way she could have this much, much arsenic in her body. Now the cops have to... She's in jail and the cops are like, is it possible that she's actually poisoning her own daughter i just i'm shaking my head i'm just shaking my head because it doesn't make any sense to me at all it doesn't make any sense to me she's she's worried about money and social uh social uh, yeah. status uh-huh. and and you lost your husband. They know you're writing bad. Everybody knows I you're writing bad. I wish checks. psychopaths would behave much more linearly. <laughs> well, and then they keep using the term "southern lady." Yeah, southern, I know. A southern lady would never write a bad check on purpose. <laughs> Everybody well, makes a mistake, but a southern lady would makes never write a bad check. Hero brother Mike now drops dime again. He sends a letter to the police saying, "My dad's death seems a little fishy in hindsight. You might want to check on him." So two weeks after Marie is arrested on the bad check charge, they dig Frank up. <laughs> Phil Ginsburg, who wrote the book about this case, is here to explain what Marie told the cops about the injections. She was full of concern for her daughter. She said she was so uncomfortable with the nausea that I wanted to help her. And so I gave her a shot with some anti-nausea medications. So we find now that she took out a $25,000 policy on Carol, life insurance policy. Does that sound odd to you, Jack? Well, (laughs) it does to me. Well, it was really funny because you said something like, who takes out a life insurance? Somebody said something about it. Well, Wayne Manis said it. And and I I, I, I I agreed. I go, my mom and dad had one on me. (laughs) Well, you know, a couple of times when they're like, I swear to God, I'm going to kill that little Jack guy. And it's like, all right, well, just in case, Gene, I've got an insurance policy on him and he'll have been worth it. Policy right there, that drawer. Right there. <laughs> hey, wait. Go if you much. must. Go ahead. I'll help cover up the crime. Uh, Wayne has some more nice words for Marie at this point. She took out a twenty-five thousand dollars insurance policy on Carol. Parents very rarely take out an insurance policy on their children. We all expect our children to outlive us. They've dug up the body of Frank, and even though it's been um, five, six years, arsenic. You, you said you said uh, you, you want to. We learned from the other episode. Yeah, we learned. Even if you we've pre- learned from this podcast certain and, and, things. And, and, Timothy, and one of them name? is is if you're killing someone, get them get them cremated immediately. <laughs> well, no, 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 not if you've killed them with arsenic. Well, I what I specified when you and I were having the conversation: mm. get them uh, cremated immediately and spread those ashes. Spread them more. <laughs> spread around, but not if you. 
could kill me with arsenic. But that, if you can't find him. But we learned that arsenic will survive cremation. And that guy, Timothy, what's his name in Texas, who killed the sisters? That they, yes. they invented that entirely new analysis technique to find arsenic even after a body has been cremated. So... That's not. They don't have to do that here. They dig him up, and yeah, he's still. And they said he's remarkably well preserved. Yeah, because his body was coursing with arsenic. <laughs> arsenic is used as he a was, preservative. He was cured like a Virginia. Really, <laughs> arsenic is literally used in the in the industry yeah. to help preserve. In October of seventy nine, she's indicted for the attempted murder of Carol, and then the the murder. Oh, and then it came about on something that she was trying to kill her daughter Carol, and she had a life insurance on Carol, uh-huh. but that the policy. Had, uh, had had lapsed. Ah, uh, we didn't because yeah. the, that wasn't in this. That no, was, in it was some, not. It was research, and she hadn't been making the payments on the policy. Uh, so if she'd killed oh, Carol, she wouldn't have got any money. Well, I wonder if because Carol got um because Carol, I wonder if the policy was still in effect when she was actively poisoning her, and then when Carol got sprung and they kind of like pulled it out, the policy was still in no, effect. No, no, but she didn't have any money. She's writing bad checks. Yes. So she didn't have the money to pay the insurance policy. Okay. In the years after Frank's death, yeah, yeah. 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 Sucks to be you, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Carol got out of it. Yeah. Uh, in the years after Frank's death, no, we're going back now. We find out after Frank's death, Marie had been calling the cops saying that she was being followed, mm. that people were threatening her, all these vague And kind blaming of, it on the ex, on the husband that was dead. And, oh, and he had gambling, gambling debts. debts and... Which Carol's like, my dad didn't gamble like that. <laughs> and... Uh, so the cops went over time and time again. They eventually are like, it's all in her head. She just likes the attention. She likes the attention. But what was happening to the cops after they visited? Several of them got sick. And they figured out that Marie was poisoning people. She was poisoning the cops. She was poisoning neighbors. She was poisoning relatives. And, and they speculated that sometimes it was for gain, like these insurance policies. But also she just liked to make people sick. That and was so, what Manus said. Man- Man- Manus? Manus? Manus. He's he like, said, wherever she went. <laughs> the sickness went. We suspected then, and in hindsight, we really knew that she was indiscriminate in regards to the people that she poisoned. She poisoned relatives, neighbors, business associates. You get enough people, and the reaction is the same to visiting Marie. Same types of stories from them. And then people wonder why I don't want to pe- eat other people's food. Well, like when you go to an office party yeah. and someone's brought something Me too. in. Me too. I have never I, been I, big on eating. I other haven't either. Food. If it's a bag of Fritos somebody bought, yes. <laughs> if it's weird goulash that somebody with quite questionable personal hygiene's brought in, you've never gone to an office party. Who made this? Who made yeah. this? Who oh made yeah, this? yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and then and then I boycott off them on mostly. A, off on a tangent. I have a dog. I've always had an animal. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to death to bring food in because what if there's dog hair in my oh, food God, that I bring yeah. in? Ooh. I would be so embarrassed. You'd be by mortified that. forever. Doesn't bother me, my <laughs> own food, but you know. This is when we see that black and white headshot of Marie Hilly. It's the one they kept showing where yeah. she looks really scary. Yeah. yeah. That, I kept looking at her teeth. Yeah. It made her teeth look really weird. She looked de- she looked a little demonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, well, you know, if the shoe fits. Well, anyway. so her murder trial starts in seventy nine. Um, she finally makes her fourteen thousand dollar bail, and her attorneys put her up in Homewood, Alabama, which is another suburb because they wanted to Alabama keep, keep her away from media and whatever. The attorney goes to visit her on November eighteenth 
1979 to go over the trial with her and ooh, she's gone. <laughs> it it's like everybody under kept uh, underestimating. Her. I mean, they just but, like, "Oh, she's a lady. Yeah, well, she's a la- she's not going to run away. She's yeah, a she lady." She played on that. She played on that yeah, and she worked did. for it. She time and time it again. over and over and over again. There was a note that she'd been abducted and kidnappers had taken her and that they better not, not try to follow her. her and don't look for her and they they were like, "Jesus Christ, Hilly." They pull up handwriting samples. She wrote the damn thing. She didn't fool anybody with that. She's gone. They put out a manhunt, an FBI manhunt. Um, they've notified the FBI offices across the country. They even notified the Canadian authorities because at one point she vaguely said, I want to live in the mountains of Canada. And I'm like, you guys, do you know how big Canada is? It's so <laughs> now, fucking Now, this huge. is one of those parts where they didn't give us any information. So she mysteriously disappears. Mm-hmm. No trace. Mm-hmm. No car. No money. No nothing. And somehow she managed to dis- to disappear from uh, Alabama. Uh-huh. So then when she <laughs> magically <laughs> reappears, how does she have money for clothes and food and, and well, stuff? Well, one thing that I read was that there was a, after she disappeared from the hotel, her aunt's house was robbed. Ah! And her car was gone, and clothing. <laughs> and there was another note left there saying, "Don't contact the authorities." <laughs> so they think. <laughs> oh, I missed that. So they, that's really funny. So they think Poor that's how freedom. she got out of town. <laughs> so she. Um, oh, that's so funny. That's so funny that answered my question. It's like, well, how did she come up with clothes and food, and and you know, how did she get all the way wherever she's going she's still love her hands shit That's all right really so this funny. is the, so the oxygen now the oxygen story continues we're now we now jump ahead a few years to january 1983 and the police in Keene, new hampshire are contacted That's and hilarious. by about about that they have robbie holman now they said hannah mm-hmm. holman got her last name wrong a well few times. you know but um, Robbie Holman met John Holman in Fort Lauderdale in February of 1980 in a bar, and I would love to know what bar it was, and I, I wish it was the Mai Kai. Wouldn't oh, it be great if it was the Mai Kai? And they were having our, like a at rum the barrel. Good Company in the Car Southern Studios. Yeah, it's right up the street. I would love that. But anyway, John, uh, those two hook up, and what is she calling herself? Robbie. Robbie, Robbie. says she really wants to live somewhere where there's snow. And now think about And that comes back to Honor. That snowish comes back. To bite her in the ass. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further, now think about this. Now think about this. Uh Think of the smooth operator she had to be. Yes. Because I'm thinking like. Like if I've gone out for the evening and I'm going to schmooze and uh-huh. gonna, and what you have to do or say or act like to be yeah. appealing or whatever. So here she is, penniless, uh. in an expensive place to live. And she's oh I, no 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 she got a part time job in Fort Lauderdale I know that from supplemental research oh okay yes she was doing paralegal work in Fort Lauderdale uh, they didn't bring that up they can't cover all the bases well, they can't in this everything okay but again so she was making that she got the Fort Lauderdale right so then she tells John she wants to live somewhere where there's snow again foreshadowing on my part pulled him right in pulled him right in right they moved to New Hampshire they get a nice little house Aww. she's working cottage. at that factory it was a cottage. cottage it was a nice little cottage. cottage so they get married in May of 1981. And marital bliss only lasts until the following summer when she says that she has to go to Texas to be cured of cancer by a Dallas well, surgeon, blah, an, blah, blah. An, a blood disease. It was a right. blood disease. Oh, blood disease. Right. So a few months later, they have 
Terry Martin calls and says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, Robbie has died. I'm coming to see you and console you because that's what Robbie wanted. You know on uh, True Crime Obsessed where, where she has, the, Jillian has the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, ding, I love that. This is the perfect time for that. For that bell. Okay, one, one. Uh-huh. You've just tried, you're trying to change your whole life and get away with something. Uh-huh. You're going to come back. To the little town in the middle of fucking nowhere. The stones on, but the, the stones on. What do you say for a woman? I always <laughs> the say nerve. the jumbo coconut balls. I always oh, say yeah, jumbo the jumbo. The jumbo um, coconut balls on her. Jumbo coconut balls. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, her husband let her go to Texas believing her. Yes. She could have just left. I don't. I mean, she could have just disappeared again. I don't understand it at all. It's really, it's very, so it's, now, it makes this, this. If you thought this story couldn't get any more it, bananas. It's, it, it's like a bad, a bad, a bad, a soap you know, opera, yeah. yeah. It's like bad parent trap, yeah. evil parent trap. But And, and then she's going to show back up. And think that the women aren't going to know it's no her. no one's going to realize it's her. Yeah. Just because she dyed her hair. Yep. But if she wanted, see, that's what doesn't make sense. Again, that doesn't. Want, that's what doesn't make sense. There had to have been something in there, and then of course, immediately, I said, "There's a life insurance policy," yeah. and there's no mention of it. No, one. there isn't. So uh, anyway, she she uh, admits to being Marie Hilly at the cop station. The cops then bring John Holman in and say, "Do you know that Robbie and Terry are the same person?" And he 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 doesn't. He won't acknowledge it. He's like absolutely, absolutely not. amazing to me. Guys are such goose. I remember in the movie that that Charles Emerson Winchester was in, the way they showed her coming back to New Hampshire, he's meeting her at the airport, and she's coming in through uh, arrivals, and she walks through, and she looks right through and walks right past him and doesn't acknowledge him, and he's like, oh, that must be her. And then he goes, he's like, uh, you know, Terry, Terry, it's me, John. And she's like, oh. And I forget the woman who played Marie Hilly. She was also oh, a known actress. Funny. So he... Eventually acknowledges that they're that, but he stands by her. She's extradited back to Alabama. He moves down to Alabama wait, to be wait, with wait, her. Wait, 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 wait. We still got to go back to your wife has gone away mm-hmm. and has reportedly died, mm-hmm. and her identical sister uh-huh. comes and replaces her. Yeah, repl- literally. Her, and tries to let shit at work. He, to the police, is like, absolutely not. They're not the same person. Yes. That's how do I, I mean? So at this point, they've slept together. Yes. So that means he couldn't tell the difference. Dudes are dumb. Straight white men can be really, really, really I, dumb. I guess, but come on. <laughs> yeah, no, he believed it. He believed it. I know it sounds unbelievable. I have the look on my face right now. Uh, There's just no. I mean, think about it. You know, like you know, most guys. I'll put on a hat and sunglasses, and no one's going to know who I am. He's that kind of guy. He's that guy. He's that guy. If I put on sunglasses and a cap, the cops wouldn't catch me if he was on the run. So she goes back. She's extradited. Carol goes and sees her in jail. She says, "You know, I love you." Yeah, buddy. I know. I can see it in your face. And. uh Anyway, that was nice to her. Felt bad. She's in jail. She's not going anywhere this time. On May 30th, 1983, her trial starts. Oh, wait. What? Carol goes to visit her in jail. Carol, apparently, when Carol was in the hospital, her legs were so bad that with nothing but skin and bones, like she'd lost all muscle mass and everything. Uh And she couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. So that was really interesting. At the end of this, they said, Carol has bounced back with no problems, blah, 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 blah. It took her years and years and years. And she was like, and her mom said, can you walk? (laughs) She said that to her. (laughs) 
Carol's like, and you can see the look on Carol's face. Like, I didn't mention that in the. Uh, right, right, right. I think it was the extras from the. Okay, from the I, 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 okay. All right. Well, the, the trial starts. The motive was for murder for the husband, attempted murder of Carol. The motive is money and the insurance policies. The vials that sister-in-law Frida found yeah, with the arsenic Frida. are the two key pieces of, of of evidence that really drive it home. And and her defense is like, this Southern woman wouldn't do this. The, anybody else would do this. She's not. She's a sweet lady. She's a Again, mom. With the Southern, oh, we don't, Southern people don't do things like, yes, they do. That was their attempt. So... Uh, on June 7th, they, they, the trial lasted all of seven days. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> they, they, they find her guilty. She gets life for killing Frank. She gets 20 years for killing Carol. Trying and to kill Carol. She's trying to kill Carol, and she's shipped off to the penitentiary. <laughs> Once again, I started laughing. Okay, go ahead. So at the penitentiary, she is able to successfully charm the warden. She tells him her story. She said she's been framed. She says this is all a big misunderstanding. And after several years of listening to it, he starts buying it. She was a model model prisoner. Mm-hmm. Model prisoner, no problems. And of course, she worked as a secretary, so she's got all of this experience doing office stuff uh-huh. she's working in the office she's one you know she's one of those yeah. uh like oh, a, you know when the prisoners are really well you know they get uh, they she gets get, the privileges and yeah stuff. she got all these privileges so she literally is working with the warden okay and four years go by and the assistant warden they said that word specifically i don't know if that well, but decides she's a good candidate for the old three-day pass where she can leave the prison on friday love, and I she has to come it. back on monday i just i don't listen I, if I, I want to take three, that? if I want to take three days off from work, <laughs> I got to do paperwork and yeah. submit. Some, I don't get prisoners I getting out of jail get, for three days. And she's known to have been <laughs> been on the run. How how is she I a good know. candidate? How uh, and what and what parallel uh, universe is she I'm a good candidate? I'm actually gripping the top of my head. I don't understand. She's already run away, created another life. No, she's a, du- hey, done. Yeah, dual personality. Like y'all think Marie's a good idea for this three. <laughs> I, I don't see any problem with it. She's you, a lady. No, she's, she's a good girl. A lady. She'll be back. She's been doing great. Friday, February 19th, 1987, she's given a pass, and dutiful John picks her up. Probably still calling her uh, Robbie. Because uh, <laughs> that's how he knows her. Right. So he's going to call her Robbie. God, I throw these jokes and you breeze right I'm past I'm sorry, them. because names. So I up. get lost on names. <laughs> names. I go by faces. So again, this is one of those things that doesn't make sense to me. He lives down there now. Why don't they go to his house? Why don't they go to the his residence. I don't know. Maybe his residence is a dump. Or maybe his residence is too far away from the prison. Possibly. She may have to go someplace designated. Yes. So on the last day of her three-day pass, she They go to a boarding house. Yeah, they They go to a boarding boarding house. house. Which is, I I don't know. I don't even know. So she said, uh, I really, really, really want to go and visit my mother's grave before I go back. It's two blocks from the Waffle House. I'll meet you there. I'm just going to go over now and, and I'll see you in 20 minutes. She's a prisoner. He is, I think he's responsible yeah, he for is. her. He, he is in a way. Her. I mean, he signed her out. And he's going to, and she, he trusts her so much, he's going to let her go walk around on her own. Mm-hmm. After more than a little while goes by, he goes back to the hotel room and he finds a note. The note says, I love you, John. Uh, you're the only love of my life, but I can't go back to that prison. I'm leaving the country. So here we go again. History has repeated itself. She was gone again. 
So here we go again. We start an all-out manhunt for Marie Hilly and all points bulletin. I got to give him credit, though. His first thing was to call the sheriff. Yeah. No, no, no. He turned her in. So he had no, he, uh, he wasn't in on Divided it. loyalties, no. He, he called and he said, yeah. but he knew he was going to be, he could be, well, of course, uh, you know, he was going to get blamed too. for it. Yeah. And he stuck by her through all of this. And you know a bunch of people like John. What Why? The hell's John, wrong with you? John, come back to New Hampshire. I've got a nice girl for you back here. Come on. <laughs> John, remember <laughs> Amy? Remember Amy? She's free now. Remember you could ditch this, this hilly girl. Ditch the one that's trying to kill people. Yeah. So. Three days go by, nothing. They can't find her anywhere. There's no trace. She's done it again. She's done it again. She may have left. She said she's leaving the country. For all they know, she did it. They thought she did, yeah. On the fourth day of the manhunt, they get a call, a 911 call. A woman who lived in Blue Mountain, the part of Aniston, where Marie had grown up, looked out the window and she saw someone lying almost still on the porch. From... Blue Mountain part of town, and it's a woman saying that there is a crazy woman who collapsed out on the back. Not a crazy woman, but there's a lady, a strange lady, lady passed out. Strange lady, out. She, she was maybe homeless. At one point, I heard that this woman was actually a childhood friend of mine. Yes, that, they were, that was her childhood friend, and she was making her way there. So the police arrive, EMT arrive, and they very quickly realize it's Marie Hilly, and. Her clothes are torn. She's bruised. She's unconscious. So literally, she left the hotel, uh-huh. not dressed appropriately. For the winter. Nope. That's what the way they said. She yep. wasn't dressed appropriately. And she just walked into the woods. I would have thought she would have been a little more calculating, like would have had a coat, would have had a little getaway bag with her and stuff. But she went out. She's a lady. She's a lady. She wore a cocktail dress. La- is it a cocktail dress? What, what do ladies wear down there What do you for the day? Well, it depends What's on what, a, a day well, dress. A, is that a thing? <laughs> Okay, so she's wearing a day dress. And, uh, they had her pictured in some horrible jeans and a nasty old sweater. Um, so she's in a day dress. Let's say that in heels. And, uh, with her so pearls. She, and her pearls. A cute little hat with some feathers on it. Yeah, okay. Gloves. Uh, yep. The hat and uh-huh. her purse and her shoes. And maybe match. some um, double mint gum in her purse for her breath. Maybe. And she and- rips the sticks in half. Don't <laughs> have a half a stick. Don't be a piggy. So, so th- she's been out, and they had three of the worst days of February weather they'd had in years. So, so that, that wish for the cold weather, Maria, came back to bite you. They, they get her in the ambulance, but she I has, won't walk through a park. No. She she dies of exposure. She In the in the ambulance, she dies. Well, I'm not going to defend her by any stretch of the God, Give it a shot. Try. No, 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 no. Let no. me poke I'm some holes gonna, in no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to defend her by any stretch of the imagination. However, she didn't want to be in prison. Mm. So nobody wants to be in prison. That's the whole I point of prison. I don't want to be in prison. That, That's why I, I follow saying, the rules. You know, in her, in her, I, uh, it's I, not defensible. I, I in her know. defense, she didn't want to go back to prison. She, She's killed people. Stupid nobody stuff. wants to go back to prison. I understand that, but I'm saying she had the uh, the uh, chance to do this. Uh huh. And she, she took, took it. it. Yeah. Well, the, the the thing is that so many people can't believe it. it's like who thought giving her a three day pass was a good idea. I and well what, again in what parallel again, universe no, no, no. does this make who sense? Who thought giving her a three day pass? Who thought she's going to be able to tell everybody she's her twin sister? Who thought? Well, I mean, she, all across the board, back people were making these she weird was assumptions. A good Southern lady. Uh, she was always impeccably dressed and had the best manners. Oh God. Well, thirty years after all of this, <laughs> we her her. Her crimes are still very strongly felt in Aniston, the people she killed, the people who made sick. And Carol tells us how she feels now. I've gone through a stage of hating her. And now I'm to the stage I really don't care. I live in my life. 
It's like that was someone in another life that is gone. And I think that Carol, I'm sure Carol's had a journey and a half in her head about this. Well, it, according to what... It, she she suffers her, no lingering and, Well, not now, but, but they said that she had to basically, it took years of rehabilitation right. to get her ability to walk. Back. Right. Um, the woman, and in, in, again, the arsenic poisoning in Texas, where what's his name, Timothy? Yes. And, and the sisters, the one woman, still her hands were like claws from the effects, the lingering effects of the arsenic. Carol apparently was young enough so that she was able to metabolize yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and move forward. But oh. uh, the poor thing, can you imagine that my no. mother was doing, and that's, and she refers to her mom as a crazy woman at one point, kind of <laughs> Laughingly, it makes, like, it makes eyes, makes eyes crazy. Yeah, what is this crazy, crazy yeah, yeah, woman yeah, doing now? Crazy. But she's she's made her peace with it, which I really respect because I think so many people could have just disintegrated. You know what I mean? Self destructed over yeah. it. And our news reporter friend here closes it out nicely. It surprises you. A typical nice Southern lady. This is our local legend, and uh, I hope we don't have another one that comes along. One is enough. To my shock and surprise, Marie is buried next to Frank Hilly. I cannot believe I, they did that. I don't. I, I and I'm assuming it's because uh, Frank probably had the dual plots and all that kind and they of just crap. Out yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Well, just stick her in the just ground stick there. Her there. And I, I just, I, I, I think it's I an insult to Frank, and I think it's. Well, it's insulting, and it's it's. It is, but the wiki entry refers to her as Fraser. They do not in the wiki, which is the easy thing to go yeah. to. They call they refer to her as Marie Fraser to the end, yeah. and they're like Marie Fraser is buried next to Frank Hilly. Now, I don't. I'm not giving a. Do uh, not try to defend her. No, no, I will no, come no, over no, this no. desk. There's another. There was another one of those homemade documentaries. That On this, some, there's some, a few of them. Yeah, some wacky person made uh-huh. and they go to the grave uh-huh. and talk to her oh, and they've God. got a recorder no. and there's noises and stuff and 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 you know she's a pair according to that she's still not happy oh marie isn't yeah Marie's good i hope not. that goes long for a long time marie what a nightmare huh what a nightmare <laughs> Oh my God! All right, Marie. Well, that's the well, yeah. that's the story. She's Marie a Hilly. good, she's a good Christian southern, woman. N- good, <laughs> a southern genteel. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Well, Warm, Warm, that's Marie Hilly's story. God damn, that was nasty. Oh. Bananas. <laughs>